Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhaj again. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in uh, to share some time with me. So today I have a colleague um, that uh, I recently met at the Canadian Professional Association's um, event in Ottawa back in December. Hi, Marion. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Great um, to be here. Marion is uh, someone that I think is uh, much needed across uh, industry, whether you're in a small sector or a big sector. She is a, com a workplace communication consultant or specialist. So Marion's gonna, we're gonna chat a little bit about Marion's background and today her and I are gonna just talk about um, the importance of communication and how vitally, um, how underplayed it is at times, but rec recognizing the importance of getting it right in companies, because we're often talking about the bottom line, but what we rec we forget is that um, soft skills is probably uh, the biggest key indicator for bottom line. So I can tell you a little bit about Marin. She has worked as an executive assistant to a senior manager at national museums, uh, international airports, federal departments, and so she understands communication from a lot of perspectives. In 2007, she was awarded um, the award for leadership and services innovation. And uh, this was given by the professional executives of public service of Canada. Uh, and she, that was part of the operation Tim Hortons. Um, and this is where you launched a Tim Hortons outlet in Kandahar airfield. Wow, in the Canadian, uh, for the Canadian Air Forces and Allied Forces in Afghanistan. That we have to talk about. Uh, Marion is also a published author who has orchestrated um, national marketing campaigns, managed controversial media issues, and produced and hosted award-winning cable television shows, the things you don't know about people that you know, that you meet. And um, overall, she operates on the principle that changing how you think and communicate changes your results. She shares an upbeat attitude, as you, you'll get to experience in a couple of uh, seconds. And uh, she works with people in both small and large organizations, public, private, and nonprofit sectors, and she makes learning fun. For sure, you're fun, Mary, and I can imagine <laughs> what your trainings are like. So is there anything that I've missed in your intro that you think, um, you know, that we should add so that people understand you a bit more? Sure. Actually, you mentioned that I had worked as, as an executive assistant, and that's absolutely true. So I understand the frustrations of what it's like to be in the support and administrative areas of an organization, because you don't necessarily have the hierarchical authority to initiate change the way you would like to do it and you're often the recipient of change and that's really difficult it's difficult in terms of communicating in those type of situations as well and the other thing I wanted to mention is I understand also what it's like to be on the other side that is to be on the management side because as a senior manager myself as a director of communication at 
international airports and museums and federal institutions, I had staff working with me as well. So I, I kind of get the both sides of what communication is like in an organization. And now Roxanne, as you and I are both solopreneurs and businesswomen ourselves, I get that whole world as well. So when, when I present solutions and processes and systems to people, they come from in the trenches, baby. They are real and raw. And I know they work because they've worked for me. And that's why I share them with other people. And that's why I'm so, so glad to be here today to share some communication tips and strategies with you and your audience. So, you know what's interesting, uh, like you, you talk, you've been at the front line, which all of us had at some point in our career, but mm -hmm. we've got, you've also been in um, senior or middle management. What are some of the th key things that you find, you know, when, when you're front line, you hear the message from a different perspective. And when you're middle or upper management, you also hear the same message from a different perspective. What are some of the main problems that you see in organizations with communicating up or down uh, the same message? Are there some, th some of the things that you can share with us? Sure. What I really revel in is creating what I call truthful teams. And it's about having the, the courage and the tools to communicate in your words, authentically, to communicate authentically from the heart, from the soul, and in a way that is constructive and productive. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see is missing. And so what happens at, at all levels in any organization, or frankly, on personal basis as, as bases, what's the plural of that? <laughs> Not, on a I'm personal really sure. basis, I'll use this. <laughs> yeah, I'm a communications person. <laughs> on a, a personal basis as well, you see it happening and it breaks down. And this is what happens. This is the, the dynamic. Somebody sees something that they want to share and they think, mm, they do the self-talk. Oh, I better not share that because I'm going to appear as incompetent. I should know that. I, I better not ask about that. Or else they say, oh, that's going to hurt that person. If I say something, they might take it personally. Better not. Or else they're going to say, well, you know what? Um, it's going to uh, ripple the waves. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be seen as a troublemaker. And people do all this self-talk and all these reasons why they, they decide not to share whatever it is that mm -hmm. is bothering them and keeping them up at night or a suggestion. It could be something positive. <clears throat> and to that, this is what I say. Whether you're a manager, an employee, an admin person, a solopreneur, working with a client, it is your job to share your expertise. Mm -hmm. So if from your expertise perspective, you see something that is of concern to an organization, it's your job to share that because it's going to affect the culture of the workplace. It's going to affect the productivity. It's going to affect your own morale. It's going to affect the bottom line, ultimately. And thank you for drawing the fact that often the soft skills are overlooked when we discuss bottom line. So let me make it clear that the soft skills are the root or the route for any Americans joining us, <laughs> Join, uh, that link actions to the bottom line. It's those soft skills. So to answer the question about what are some of the common problems, it's about people who don't 
feel comfortable expressing themselves and they don't know is it the right time to speak up or is it better to step away and frankly there are occasions when both are correct there is no right or wrong this is where some expertise and some um, skill comes into place but the good news is some of these skills can be learned so you would say that it's a duty and um, you know with organizations that I've consulted with sometimes there's been um, poor management skills there's been such rapid change you know one on top of the other um, there's not transparency and communications from the ma the macro to the micro so it, it gets loaded up with a lot of things going on at the same time and sometimes people get I don't know if you've ever heard this I'm just gonna go and do my job and go home <laughs> Oh yeah, I've heard that one. I think we all have, right. kind of sadly, right? Because if everybody just gave that little bit extra, imagine the multitude of difference that would make if everybody gave just a little, it lifts the whole organization. And yes, people do feel like resigning themselves. And here's one of the reasons why. People will resign themselves when they feel they're not being heard. Mm -hmm. They will just, wipe their hands and say what's the use there's going to be no change i'm not going to even bother why give it the energy so it's incumbent upon all of us not just to speak up it's the other side to listen to those who are speaking up and the trick is that when people speak up we're all human not everybody does it in a productive way so it's digging through that pile of you know what and finding that little seed of truth that is productive. So peeling away the part that hurts and getting to what's what's in that that I can actually use. Which it takes a, an open-minded, I'm gonna, you know, I know with the organizations that I work with, they're open-minded, but sometimes mm. you think there's a little bit more open-minded and you have to be able to deliver the information that you're finding potentially that you know maybe maybe they weren't trying to favor or um, mm -hmm. treat one sector or one slice of the organization differently than others let's say for instance if there's a conflict between a frontline and a supervisor or um, so that sometimes you know the assumption is I have, we have the skills as an organization to have a manager deal with something effectively and you know maybe the manager doesn't have effective skills so the dilemma I often run into and I wonder with you is you go in, you, you work with a team, you, you kind of trudge up what needs to be looked at and then you have to go then go back to your key contact or the head of HR to say, you know, I find that XYZ happens a lot more. And, and sometimes I find if organizations are bringing in speakers and trainers like us, they're open, but sometimes they're a little bit put, put back or put off to think, wow, you're telling me this this is going on in my organization and i how can i not have known do you find that that happens a fair amount of time when you go into organizations yes absolutely and and frankly that's why they hire people like us because they want to know what's going on that i don't know about right and that's often a good thing to remember or to remind people when 
people like us are working with them or when we're on the receiving end to remind ourselves, you know what, I just paid somebody to tell me what I don't know and now I'm being offended that they're telling me that I didn't know. <laughs> so there's a there's sort of an uh, irony and a, a bit of humor in that. I, I tend to find the humor in everything. So how I personally handle that type of situation is to remind them exactly of that, to remind them that I'm presenting the good with the bad and the ugly, <laughs> and we're going to work on that. And also to remind them that we understand the, their motivation came from the right place. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always come from the right place. Sometimes that place is misguided, and that's where we gently nudge them to a place that is is more productive for everybody and one of the ways that I handle that situation and this is what I offer to to the listeners if you're in a situation where you have to communicate a difficult difficult topic and the person you run the risk of that person the recipient dealing with it on a personal basis which is really tough to do our actions are not us but they're initiated by us so it's really tough to not allow those to define us and so how I differentiate is I invite them to look up at the 30,000 foot level now maybe that's my reference having worked in airports but <laughs> the 30,000 foot level to the common objectives and the overall goals of what is it that we're trying to achieve here so really what any manager any employee is trying to achieve are things like a, a productive happy workplace mm -hmm. a workplace where employees want to be engaged and feel safe to bring forward suggestions or disagreements in fact it was um, George Patton General George Patton who said if both of I'm paraphrasing here but it's something like if both people are thinking exactly the same thing then one of us isn't needed mm. so in fact ha having differing opinions is very productive the trick is creating an environment where it's safe to share those and, and when you'd have that discussion it's much more productive and it removes the personal element because it's really tough to hear that in spite of your most gallant efforts what you're doing isn't working it's not connecting so let's right, and it's hard and some people are say they that they'll say well that's the way I talk <laughs> you know, I have to get it off my mind or some people get quiet right mm. so again you know I know you and I um, when we were together recently we talked a little bit about different uh, personalities and I'd like you to touch I know that's one of the areas that you work with a lot because I you know I think we were talking we're both extroverts and I think of the introverts that kind of you know you interface with and I sometimes find that introverts because they, they absorb so much that they sometimes can come back with a really really good aerial view because they, they kind of absorb things they did they, they step back they, they kind of take things in and they come up sometimes with a strategy you think Wow, as an extrovert, I was too busy, like off doing God knows what. Not that I wasn't listening, but they listened in a different way. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about the different personalities and, and um, you know, the value in each type, you know, and right. how sometimes the, the assumption is, if I can gab your air off, that means I'm a good communicator. And in fact, that sometimes that's not the case. <laughs> that's true. And conversely, sometimes the thinking is, if I say absolutely nothing, it's going to be valued as a 
strong, silent type. Right, right. And either extreme is not productive. Any extreme in our lives, doesn't matter what the emotion or the trait is, right. any extremity is not right. healthy. So you want to live in, the, in kind of the middle area of that, those spectrums. There's another word, spectrums. What's the plural? Vocabulary today. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyways, uh, being able to laugh at yourself, i.e., what we're doing right now, is such a big part of the coping mechanism, isn't it? Yes. You know, we're we're humans. Sometimes we stumble, we fall. Laugh, laugh at mm -hmm. it. If you're going to laugh at it someday, why not laugh at it now? Right, right. For it's sure. a coping mechanism. So to answer your question, what do you do in that situation where somebody says, well, that's just the way I talk? In the words of Dr. Phil, ask them, so how is that working for you? <laughs> yeah. What's the cost mm -hmm. of continuing that behavior? What yeah. is it that you're losing or you're gaining by behaving that way? How do you think it feels being on the receiving end of that behavior? Describe it for me feel it for me and even though it might not hurt for them if they have the capacity to at least for a moment a millisecond understand what it feels like to be on the receiving end it, it builds understanding and that's what dealing with personality types and in communication styles is all about it's about understanding different styles and building the bridges between them that's what it's about mm -hmm. and so in terms of introversion, extroversion, there's lots of books and articles uh, honoring introverts. Silent. Oh, that's such a wonderful word, isn't it? And we all need a little more silence in our lives. Mm -hmm. We really do. So what's the one word that honors extroverts? I'm not sure what it is. Something that has no pejorative sense to it. I can't readily think of one. Silent is really good. He is silent. She is, what's the extrovert word? I don't know. If somebody has one, please let me know. Because extroverts rock, and so do introverts rock. Whatever you are, yes. you're perfect. You're perfect the way you are. You don't need to be disappointed of, oh, jeepers, I'm not extroverted or introverted or more like this person or that person or whatever. You're perfect the way you are. The key is leveraging the strengths that you already have. And yes, you can reach out and modify your behavior slightly so that on that bridge, instead of expecting this person to walk right over to you, that's not going to happen. So what you want to do is just move partway on that bridge so that they can see a little piece of themselves in you. Because we relate to people that we can, we connect with people that we can relate to and we can see a little piece of ourselves in them. Maybe not all ourselves, because opposites attract, but we want to see a little piece of ourselves that we can relate to. So that's sure. the key. So for introverts, extroverts, it's all about where we get our energy. Mm -hmm. So introverts get their energy intrinsically, extroverts get their energy externally. They both honor other parties with their communications. They just manifest it very differently. So introverts will honor the party that they're listening to by listening. <laughs> they have two ears, one mouth, 
and they use those two ears really, really well. Those two ears versus one mouth are there for a reason, and they know that reason. So they are wonderful, innately, very natural, great listeners. They are also people who their challenge is sometimes deciding to open their mouth and offer comment, mm-hmm. offer input, and to tell their face that they're actually interested. So an introvert will often look like this when they're listening. Mm. <laughs> What works better for an introvert is if they let the world know they're listening. So it looks more like this. I see. That's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand. Yes. So they're interjecting neutral language. For an extrovert, how they manifest engagement is they will interrupt. Because, oh my goodness, they so relate to what you're saying, they can finish your sentences for you. It's a gift. <laughs> And they do it, they, again, come from a place of honoring, just as introverts listen. That's their way of manifesting honoring. Extroverts will honor by being animated and energetic and mm-hmm. interjecting into the conversation. They are wonderful initiators. You don't want to have a party without some extroverts. quiet. <laughs> So they bring energy to the group. So the caution for extroverts, the number one way that people find my website, which is, by the way, marionspeaks.com, because I'm extroverted. And I always joke about, and my husband's website, it's so not, but really, I joke about my husband's website is, and Steve listens. <laughs> yeah, well, you've met him. You know how what a joke that really is. Yes, right? yes, for sure, for sure. But you know, it's it's so interesting when you when you talk talk about those parallels, right? Because as a speaker in the crowd, you definitely want the people that are showing you, you know. And if you know the extroverts are going to engage more, but you're so right. Sometimes the extroverts assume that they have the answer, and they interrupt in an untimely way because they were just bubbling up. And sometimes that peeling back and just stepping back just even for a little more allows them to hear the message that much more openly. Right? Absolutely right. Extroverts communicate by extroverting. They will begin at point A and get to point Z or Z Mm -hmm. by extroverting it, by sharing it with the world. Introverts will start at point A, land at point B, And it will often sound like they decree the decision Mm. because they have not involved anyone in the process. That's the danger. Either extremity is not good. So the key is involve people and do it judiciously. Make Mm. sure you're listening when you involve people and invite their comments and suggestions. Listen to them. Mm -hmm. That's the key. So both honor and manifest in different ways so it's acknowledging those ways and building ways into your communications to allow for both so example Roxanne when you and I do consulting or we do workshops or we deal on a one-to-one on coaching or with a group we consciously and I'm saying we because I know you well enough that I know you do this we build in ways that honor both introverts and extroverts. Mm-hmm. An example is when I give a workshop on communication with an organization or at a convention or where, whatever the case may be, 
I often will say to people, here's my, con at the beginning of the session, here's my contact information. If after this session you have questions, you can reach me at marion at marionspeaks.com and write me tomorrow, the next day, next week, if you have one of those, oh gee, I should have asked or I want to input. You can contact me then. For those of you who have questions during the session, please feel free, just throw up your hand, ask them right now. We can address them as we move along. That's how I handle both the introversion and the extroversion. I honor both of them because I'm allowing communication vehicles at work for both of them. And that's the challenge in the workplace or in our personal relationships to make sure that we build in those systems. Absolutely. And, you know, we we're talking a lot about the work environment, but mm -hmm. this, this applies to relationships, to oh, partners, yes. uh, lots of things, right? Because you may have, an, a, you know, you may be the extrovert, but your child's introverted and, yes. you know, you talk at them and you're assuming, and they're like, right. they're just kind of going along <laughs> and you're assuming right. you have, you have agreement. And in fact, this, you know, child maybe needs some time to be able to kind of think about it, to respond back. So what are some, some quick, if, you know, let's say I'm listening on there and I'm thinking, oh boy, I, I so relate to what Marion's saying. I do this or I don't do this. Or, you know, I like the fact that you, you know, talk to the extrovert to say, just to give something and the extra, the introvert to just kind of bring it down a notch. What are some things that if you're an extrovert, you could kind of try maybe one or two tips and some <clears> things <throat> that introverts could do. You already gave us one, but if, you know, just so if, if people can kind of, um, that are listening, I'm sure they're thinking of that potentially. I know I am. So, <laughs> Absolutely. As extroverts, extroverts who are listening to this, and let me say, first of all, you, you might not know definitively if you're an extrovert or an introvert unless you actually do proper assessment. And let me just toot our own horns for a moment here. There are some people who slap together a dozen questions and say, this is a personality test. No, it's not. My background is in marketing research and for me any tool that I use has to be valid, reliable, it has to be tested in the marketplace, it has to be properly vetted. The two choice that I use is called and it's internationally, it's amazing, it's Canadian developed and Canadian uh, used um, and tested and the reason I like it is because the language it uses honors all the four colors if and introversion and so to answer your question about writing with a lot of jizes you, then you might well be extroverted or some of the behaviors we've been talking about. So if that sounds like you, what you can do is really turn on your listening ears. As I say to my great niece, who's six years old, you need to tune up the volume on your listening ears, Kaya. <laughs> Those are her bunny ears. You need to really listen. You'll want to listen more. It will help you connect. If you find yourself wanting to interrupt, don't whip yourself because, oh, geez, there, I'm doing it again. Commend yourself that you caught the behavior because awareness is the first step on change. So stop interrupting. The second thing that you can do is, as I mentioned before, make sure that you're building in tips in your community. Uh, techniques in your communication to allow for the introverts to pull out and you can actively ask them questions. 
So stop yourself from talking and ask yourself, so what do you think? Have you had a similar situation? What have you discovered or experienced along those lines? Ask them. So there's a couple tips. For the introverts, it takes, let me remind you that it takes an extrovert as much energy to stop talking as it does for you to talk. Yeah. So honor when they are listening to you, recognize that and honor that by opening your mouth and offering a comment, a suggestion. So when they ask you, so what do you think? Oh, not much. Oh, so how are you today? Fine. What you want to do is avoid laconic, short, one-word answers. Give it some energy. Give it some flesh around those bones that you're offering as an answer. Give it some um, substance because that is the biggest gift, is a piece of yourself. So give that to an extrovert. And when they're animated, use some mirroring techniques. Match their pace of speech. They're talking a little faster, a little louder, then you talk a little faster, a little louder. Match. I'm not saying mimic. I'm not saying mock them. I'm saying do it within <laughs> your own comfort zone, but pick up the pace a little bit. Give it a little more energy when you're talking. And also, if you're in a, a meeting type situation or a one-to-one, -one, say, you know, I, I really want to get my story out. And if you are interrupted, say to them, I want to hear what you want, what you need to say and you want to share. I just really, really want to complete this story. And then absolutely, I'm so interested in your comments. So handle the interruption. Do it honorably. Do it respectfully because they, they often don't mean to interrupt. So try not to try to push that hurt feeling aside and deal with it. Deal right. with the interruption and get your voice heard. Do it in a diplomatic way too, because I think if it's new, sometimes it might be, you know, if you're trying it for the first time, you're like, oh, and if you just say, you know, that sounds like a really, really good point. Wow. I'd love to get back to it, but can I finish kind of what I was saying? And absolutely, I'm sure what you're saying is valuable, but I, to your point, Marion, like with all of us, I know I'm an extrovert, so I'm always like raring to go and I have to slow myself down, even though I, you know, I've been doing this a long time. It's practice. It's practice it and really saying, you know, you know, my best teachers sometimes are um, the introverts because they, they challenge me. You know, I've been on a senior management um, for, in several positions and, and there was one, one particular man, you know, and I often felt, why is he challenging me? But really what he was, was doing some of the things that you were saying. He was very smart. He was methodical. He was um, microscopic and he knew his job. Mm -hmm. But what he would not do is he would not give me the cues that you're talking about. And then he would, at the end of meetings, <laughs> would come up and there'd be a cavalcade of information and I'd be like, whoa, right? So, you know, but you know what? I respected once I got to know him better and he tr started to trust me. They had not been the best manager prior to me uh, having the position. And I, you know, told him what a value he was and what, what a gift he brings to someone like myself, because I, I often have to learn from people like that because those are, those are my biggest growth curves as an extrovert. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so sometimes those, I find that the ones that are very different are the most challenging, but what it often does is it, it forces you or it for, did me 
to become better at understanding someone that was diametrically opposed to what my personality type was like. Indeed, that is so insightful. And I, no surprise there, Roxanne, that, oh, gee, you're insightful. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Yeah. It, in fact, our least preferred color, if you will, or personality type is in fact the one that we grow the most from. That's the one that we need in our lives. And it, right. it's so interesting when I do personality types in a, in a group session, I ask everybody, so all the introverts, raise your hands. Mm -hmm. All the extroverts, raise your hands. And then I ask them, now I want you to think about your significant other in your life. Do you see, based on the clues and such, and again, you won't know unless they do an official assessment thing, but you can get an idea. Is your significant other the same or the opposite of you? And without fail, mm -hmm. people say the opposite. So apparently nature does know best. Opposites do attract because we need each other. And in working with uh, couples, which I've had the privilege of doing, guess what's the, you know, whatever, <laughs> you, you pick your partner, let's say you're an extrovert, you pick an introvert, right? You fall in love with that because that, that balances, you know, that gives you that balance. And when there's differences, guess what the first thing is people have conflict or you don't talk enough or you don't, you don't stay home enough or, you know, and I often say, <laughs> so true. What, what, so you, true. what were you attracted to in this person? It's oh. so true. Yes, right. Oh, gee, I used to really love how he listened to me. Oh, I used to really love how she expressed herself. <laughs> right? Isn't that interesting? So, of course, I think it's such a valuable uh, lesson. And we've, I, know, I know I've been there multiple times. And through my career as I grew, you know, you, you, uh, you value the differences. And the easy ones, like myself, it was easier we probably didn't help each other not interrupt and not question, but we had a lot of good times. But the, you know, the ones that made you stop and made you prepare more or made you think right. about possibilities, in my case, was uh, something that was very valuable. Yes, indeed. Uh, you mentioned, um, is there anything that you would suggest if someone wanted to find out what their personality type, I know you and I, we've done it multiple times. Is there something that you could suggest as a resource that people could do um, free of charge or, or even something that's paid if they really wanted to know what their personality types were like? Absolutely. My, my first suggestion would be to Google. Uh, there's so much information okay. on the web these days. So to Google personality types, to mm -hmm. familiarize yourself with the various tools that are available. And I always say any of these tools will provide you with information you didn't have. Right, it's, right. And sure. any of them will give you some insights and such. Online, you can get free disc uh, assessments that will give you an idea. Again, you won't have a person sitting there interpreting the results and how you can actually use them. So it's a starting step. Uh, right. There are, are lots of people who are trained and skilled in various uh, different systems. There's uh, the five traits is being used, insights, I use personality dimensions, true colors, Myers-Briggs, etc. Uh, my suggestion would be is if you are going to work with an individual, make sure that they're certified in whatever tool it is that they're using because you want your money to be well spent. And the real key is working with somebody who can interpret the results for you and actually help you understand how those results affect your relationships and the dynamics and what you can do to grab 
control and make them work even better. And uh, as I mentioned, I mean, I'm available. You're welcome if you have questions to write me, Marian at MarianSpeaks.com. I do assessments for groups or, or for individuals. I normally do them for teams, but I have done individuals as well. So if that's of use, feel free to reach out. So Marion, uh, so I know we're getting cl cl um, close to wrapping up. Mm -hmm. so, um, what I'm interested in is where can people, if they want to work with you, uh, you have a couple of exciting things coming up. Um, so in the, I'm not sure if it's going to be in the area here in Niagara or if it's uh, out of town. So if you can mm -hmm. tell people where they can reach you if they wanted to work with you and uh, about the exciting event coming up, that would be fantastic. Right, excellent. Yes, I'm, I'm developing, I've always wanted to do this. And I've had several people mention to me, Marion, you should really put all a lot of this information into a book. And I have been in books before, but not on this particular topic. So I'm, I'm currently drafting a book called The Finkelstein Factor, What to Do When Things Go Wrong, dot, 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 because you know they will. <laughs> and The Finkelstein Factor is all about when life throws things at you that you don't have control of, what do you do with that? And how do you manage it? And it's called the Finkelstein Factor based on, uh, in large part, my husband's reaction <laughs> to when things go really bad. <laughs> and we've all had really bad things happen in our lives. Sometimes their careers are lost or changed or robbed from us. Sometimes health is taken from us. Sometimes financial difficulties come our way. Sometimes relationship challenges are thrown at our feet. There are difficulties that we all face, whether it's in our work lives or our personal lives. And that's what this book is all about. And it's all about a process that I've, I've featured in several of my workshops, uh, including, I call it the Flip It Formula. And it really is two steps and four questions that help people move forward and process and manage challenges. It's really about reprogramming how we look at things and how we manage those difficulties. And I'll just leave people with this one little snippet from that session. It really talks about self-care and how it honors us when we take care of ourselves and we give ourselves tools that we can use in the workplace and in our own lives. When you invest in yourself, you show the world, I always say, you show the world what you value by how you spend your resources. Mm -hmm. You are important. You, Roxanne, are important. You listening right now, you're important. Invest in yourselves in whatever form that might be. Self-care is really important. And that's one of the first steps I talk about in the Finkelstein Factor. So on that note, I am drafting the book. And here's the fun part. I'm going to be hosting a one-day session in Niagara Falls or the Niagara region okay. somewhere next year. That's in 2019 in uh, probably the spring, summer, fall date to be determined. And only if there's enough interest. So if you're interested, if that sounds like fun, if you want an excuse to visit wine country, <laughs> I'm going to do an optional wine tour at the end because why not, right? <laughs> and uh, if that's of interest, please contact me, Marion at MarionSpeaks.com. Or if you're interested in an online, five-week online program, I'm going to be developing that 
this winter. And uh, that will be a five-week session where once a week I will send you some information. I'll pop online on Skype, on uh, Zoom for some live interaction on Facebook, for some live synchronous communication with the group who is walking through that in the five weeks. It'll be fun. And both those things will be offered at introductory pricing because I've never done them before. And the price will be very reasonable because what I want is feedback. I want to create the best session that I can, the best online program that I can, and I need feedback. So again, Marion at MarionSpeaks.com or if you're interested in workplace communication training for your team or for your management team, your employee team, or you have a conference and you need a speaker, feel free to reach out to me, MarianSpeaks.com. Well, thank you, Marion. Like it's been a, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, and you bring such a levity to communication. I know communication, you know, sometimes they go, well, we all talk, but you, <laughs> you make it light, you make it fun. And um, today, uh, you know, with my listeners, I know what I'm taking away is, you know, as an extrovert, be quiet, you know, like use the bunny ears <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and for, if I'm working with an introvert or relationships, just to, to, to ask for the feedback, right. Instead of going out like a freight train. So two little tips there that I think, you know, um, if we were to do that today with somebody out there, you know, in the grocery line or somewhere else, you know, uh, you know, that you can really make a difference. So communication is something that we do all the time. We, we oftentimes aren't conscious about it. So in thinking about authenticity, the more that you're connected to yourself, then you're able to kind of listen to what you're going through and then reach out to someone in a way that works better for them. So again, thanks so much for coming on and for all my listeners for uh, tuning in again to Authenticity um, and my topic. If anybody is interested, uh, as you know, uh, you can reach me um, at any time, but I do offer a free course and it's um, just go to RoxanneDurhodge.com for forward slash blueprint and you'll be able to get a, a, a free course at, at any time. So take care and I Hope to um, connect with you real soon next week. Roxanne, I just had one more thing. If anybody wants communication tips, I do have a newsletter as well, and they can reach me, Marion. Well, they can either email me, Marion at MarionSpeaks.com, or they can subscribe online at MarionSpeaks.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S. Awesome. Well, thank you. It was it, This was lovely. My All right. pleasure. Take care. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit RoxanneDurhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.